0: after my four decades on the planet what do we do to stay healthy and in shape and all of that because like cougaring is hard and so um (laughs) it takes work so i'm excited to share my bts with y'all
1: and try to see which of these college guys need a little help during midterm tuition
0: entrepreneurs love talking about business however it's no secret there's also so many other things they love talking about which are not about business in the sea of business podcasts. None of your business is a refreshing break, a surprise kiss, an afternoon fizz. Through Carla's cheeky and radical takes on mundane and heavy topics, you'll gain fresh insights that guarantee you something to talk about on your first Tinder date while visiting grandma or if you want to impress your new boss. Tired of business podcasts? Tune in to None of Your Business, new episodes weekly. Good
1: morning, everyone, wherever you are in the world. This is Carla for None of Your Business, the refreshingly fun podcasts. For entrepreneurs who are tired of listening to business podcasts, in this podcast, we're not going to talk about lead generation. We're not going to talk about scaling your business, how to find your business partner and all that stuff about business. We're just going to talk about fun, exciting stuff and stuff that you discuss in dinner tables and bars with strangers and random Tinder conversations with a possible serial killer. So, my first guest, I'm very happy in this maiden episode, is one of my best friends, Kate Buck Jr. She's a social media strategist from Austin, Texas. Since 2009, she has worked with some of the top names in internet marketing, as well as consulted with hundreds of organizations, entrepreneurs, nonprofits, and freelance professionals. Kate is the CEO of Social Media Pro a training program for social media marketing professionals, where she has trained more than 35,000 students. Kate is right here with me. Hi, Kate. How are you?
0: Hey, Carla. We got KK in the house. Two yeah. us together, double trouble.
1: Absolutely. So the reason why I invited Kate and this episode is going to be all about simple health hacks for people who are always on the go and people who have a business so once again we're not going to talk about business but we're going to talk about health so kate and i are not i just want to tell you guys kate and i are not medical professionals don't take it all any of our advice like medical advice we just want to make it easy and we just want to make it easy make it healthy for you and we're gonna pull the curtains back and show you how we keep ourselves hot so <laughs> outside of your business can you introduce yourself your hobbies and what you do to to keep your health in check.
0: Yeah, I'd love to introduce myself a little bit. I live, I'm a digital nomad, so to speak. I live half-time in Playa del Carmen, Mexico, and that's where Carla and I met and became besties, although we were already following each other in the digital space. I Then I also live in Austin, Texas. I dance salsa. I'm big into yoga and meditation. You'll hear a little bit about that. So travel, all things metaphysical, and then salsa dancing is kind of like my, my bag. Of course, Carla mentioned my professional introduction, and I'm First of all, since I get the opportunity to say that I'm super honored to be on her first episode, mostly because we connected in the beginning, because we are, we're like business besties and we have that in common. And we do talk about that quite a lot, but there's so many other things that are awesome that now, because we have that in common that we can talk about. And I feel like that's what the podcast is going to evolve and be all about is like those people that you connect with that you love on a business level, or you connect on that level, but like what else about it, about life do you want to talk about? So thanks, Carla, for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about health too. And I will say, because I'm not coming on here as a health and fitness coach or fitness expert or like health, whatever. It's just, again, like normal people living normal lives. What do we try to do to stay, like she said, looking beautiful after my four decades on the planet? What do we do to stay healthy and in shape and all of that? Because like cougaring is hard. And so <laughs> (laughs) It takes work. So I'm excited to share my ideas with y'all.
1: And try to see which of these college guys need a little help
0: during midterm tuition or midterm Well, that's why we just moved to spring where the city of (laughs) spring break, right? Like where they go on vacation. The thing about marketing where you go where your target market is going to be. And everybody goes partying in Playa Del Carmen. So there we are. Yeah. Or let them come to you. And that's why we try to seduce
1: the uber eats guy and so when you do that and that is your daily mission just like kate and i you need to be healthy and and be hot (laughs) anyway
0: that's not we we don't do that so (laughs) i don't seduce the uber eats not consciously but it's a new idea i'll try i'm back on saturday so we'll see right yeah
1: i actually when kate and i actually met literally we met forced me to go to this vegan place (laughs) And I'm a party war, and that's why our friendship is really for real. Because when deciding, we put a lot of effort in deciding where to eat. So that's when your friendship is real, right? So she took me to this vegan place. It was so funny. I had two sandwiches, and I wasn't full. And I went home and ate a cheeseburger. And then she was obviously very happy. That's when I thought... What this girl cares about her health, and I really want to be friends with her. Kate eats really healthy, actually, guys. So, Kate, can you give us an idea of what your diet looks like? Yeah, let us know.
0: About nine years ago, almost 10 years ago, actually, if anybody's watching this that happens to have known me because I have been in, I was an influencer back in the day. That's my lame claim to fame. I was an influencer before there was that word. I was 100 pounds heavier than I am now. And I still see pictures. I have this cute little portal right here next to my desk and it rotates all my Facebook photos. And I feel like when I see photos of myself from 10 years ago, I look like a cheeseburger. Like I can just feel the cheeseburger like seeping out of my pores. Like now, I would have never said that then. But I had a moment where I saw a photo of myself and I could see, I just, I was heavy and I was unhappy. And I really actually wanted to do go full on and try to do the online influencer thing, like start a YouTube channel or whatever. And I would get do videos occasionally. And I would get nasty comments about like, she should care about her health as much as she does her business or whatever it was. And there just was a moment where I decided that that, part of my life was over and that I wanted to lose the weight. Now I didn't go the traditional route. So I'm sorry, I don't have the really great, like I ate celery and ran at the gym every day story. I did a hack and I got a procedure done, which I felt like after research was the healthiest procedure, which is called the gastric sleeve. And actually this might be the first time I've actually officially said that on a live where other people are going to hear it. And That's why they pay me the big bucks at all. Anyways, so they just cut out. And again, glad Carla said, this is not advice or anything, but they basically just cut out the kidney, the big part of your stomach. And then your stomach is like, I don't know the size of a, like two ounces, like salt shaker, basically. So you can just eat less. And what happened to me when I did that was that I had to start becoming more selective. Like if you only can eat chewed up, fully masticated, Fully masticated food. Everyone loves a good mastic mastication story. This is that we can do this, right? We can actually just be our yeah. We can right. just be okay, Yeah, I had to fully masticate every meal. Actually, we joked that that should be my nickname is like DJ Masticate. But, anyways, that's horrible. So you just start thinking about and really prioritizing what you're going to put in that two ounces of space. And so I started eating my protein first. But mostly I ate fish. And also, I just pay attention and responded what felt better in my body. And it was really hard for me at that time to chew and swallow. So I ate a lot of fish and I ended up becoming like a pescatarian. And at the same time, I got turned on to green juice and juicing. And I felt like because I had eaten McDonald's cheeseburgers or whatever for so long, that that was a good thing. So now, Fast forward. My routine is I do juice a lot heavily throughout the day. Carla will tell you I go the juice place on Sunday and on Wednesdays, and I pick up one to two juices throughout for the daytime. And I feel like that gives my digestive system like a chance to relax during the day. I maybe eat a salad. And then habitually we go out like in playa, there's so many great restaurants. So I go out to eat for dinner, but that's really, as far as food intake, that's my daily routine. And then as far as exercise is concerned, it's one of the reasons I love living in Playa is we walk literally everywhere. Just We even have a car and it's a small enough town that we walk everywhere. So I one of the reasons I love being there, you're out in the sunshine, you can walk everywhere, you carry your groceries, you go up the stairs all the time. But I do two things. One is I work out three times, just three times a week doing like yoga slash weight training-ish type stuff with a trainer. Even when I'm traveling, we do it online. And then I salsa dance a couple of times a week. So my daily routine is just like, I drink coffee in the morning. I try to intermittent fast as long as I can. I drink juice during the day. I eat light, vegan, have a salad. And then when we go out for dinner, and also we try not to go out. I keep saying we, I feel like we're a couple all of a sudden. (laughs) She has a similar routine, but try to eat early, like... I don't want to eat dinner at nine o'clock at night and really actually usually five or six when I'm done working, I want to eat like right then and then I don't want to eat the rest of the night.
1: Kate's routine or diet might be a little extreme for some, but she had two really, really good points to that that can be copied by literally any diet. So the first is she wanted to pay attention on what her protein source was. As a carnivore, that's also like the first thing I watch in every meal. And that's why I always have eggs. Because if the meal that I'm craving doesn't have... I could be craving fried chicken. Guys, I can eat fried chicken like literally every day for a week. I have a fried chicken addiction. It's real. It's been published, peer-reviewed as a real addiction. And... No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I was like, whoa. No, (laughs) that sound very convincing. But I think last week or two weeks ago, I actually ate fried chicken like five times a week from like different places. I have a lot of like good qualities, but I do have a fried chicken addiction and there's no rehab for that. So if I'm craving, sometimes I'm craving bad stuff, I just eat like a hard boiled egg or I would eat that first and see if I'm still craving the bad stuff. Then I would be assured that I have kind of a good source of protein and every meal that I order, I always look for the protein source. So what's the protein source? Blah, 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 because that's what your body and your muscles need the most and your brain actually. And then the other thing that I like about what Kate said that I wanted to highlight is also listen to your body, right? Like if you look at Kate and I, I would say we're fairly like healthy people, like I would say we look younger than our age. We have great skin for our age. We have a lot of energy. We don't drink coffee, by the
0: way. Do you drink coffee? I drink coffee. Oh my gosh, but I do cycle it, but I don't. But, yeah, I but do you're not coffee. like, you don't you're drink not drink one of those people who are like, I need to have my I coffee all I can function.
1: Yeah, something like that. So we, we have a lot of energy and I also work out at least three times a week. So despite our different diets, if you listen to your body, there's a lot that like only eating when you're hungry and not because you're bored right? Mm -hmm. Like give your mouth something else to do. Your boyfriend will thank you for that. I
0: do really like that because there's so many different diets out there. And I know like, even when we hang out, like you've talked about how you feel better on your carnivore diet. And I feel like I want to sleep 24 seven. And when I'm eating super vegan or I'm on juices entirely, that's actually when I feel like I have the most energy. Uh At some point I will all of a sudden be like, right? I want to go to plank or I want to go, like, I yeah. want to go, I want a steak or I want to go to moo. right? I want a burger. Yeah. And that's me just listening. If all of a sudden my body is telling me I'm craving a burger, it means I need to have meat that day. Yeah. So then I'll order or I'll go have steak and actually TMI maybe, but it cycles about once a month. Right. And then I really actually only eat red meat about once a month, unless there's some special occasion, but in terms of like my body wanting it. And that's just a fact of me listening to it and looking at, if I'm looking at a menu, some, whatever's calling to you, I don't know. There could be something to be said for just, Oh, it's calling to me. So I'm going (laughs) to eat horrible all the time. Like the fried chicken example or whatever. But really if your body's saying like, God, I'm really hungry for some, I'm trying yeah. not to do all the, that's what she says, but like, then I'll go, <laughs> I'll go get some meat, but right. otherwise just and Tinder, And she's taken care of. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> that sigh is so heavy. Protein source and listening to your body. I think those are really, really, really good things to remember, not just with eating, but also with rest, right? Going to sleep. I love taking naps. I would just take a nap. If I feel tired, if I need refresher, go for a walk those things are meditate kate is like such a varsity like meditator like it, it really helps so i would say kate what does your schedule look like on like work days and weekends i know you've shared a little bit earlier but maybe you can tell us a little bit more i used to be a
0: super night owl and i know a lot of entrepreneurs are I changed that over time and it started not so comfortably, but now I'm a super early morning person. A lot of reasons, a lot of people talk about it around productivity or whatever. It's just quiet in the mornings. My notifications aren't going off from clients or my team or anything like that. I'm a super avid follower of Dr. Joe Dispenza and he talks about how melatonin is at its highest between one and four in the morning. So, you want to try to meditate. Want, want, he wants you to try to meditate. He talks about as close to four in the morning as possible. So, I don't get up at four in the morning unless I'm at one of his workshops. But I do try to get up around, I do get up just naturally between five and six, mostly during the week. I do have a bit of a morning practice. There's a book that I really love called Miracle Morning. If you need ideas about mornings, I don't follow Miracle Morning exactly, but I do like my own version of that. I try to get my I get my exercise out. Then I did 6 a.m. workouts for a while. We just switched to 7 a.m. I've tried the 8 a.m. workout. It's too late. I feel like the day's gone at that point. And so I like to get all of my stuff done by 8 a.m. So I want to meditate. I want to have my workout done. And then I do spend the day mostly then working. I'm pretty much often on calls a lot. I actually meant to and forgot to put my desk up. So when I'm in Texas, when I'm in Austin, I have a standing desk, but usually I try to find a way in our various condos. I'm usually hopping around actually next after this next time I won't be try to find a way to stand. And then I do take a break in the middle of the day and go for a walk, especially when I'm in Playa. It's so easy to leave the house and go run a quick errand or do whatever and get some steps in on the weekends, because no matter what, I'm up early. That's just my sketch. I'm usually like checking to see like (laughs) Carla's online. It's 4 p.m. She hasn't been on WhatsApp yet. No, I still get up at the same time. So I use my Saturday for the same thing. I generally usually work a half day on Saturday, get so much done between like seven and 12 on a Saturday. It feels like a whole entire extra one or two days. And also because I dance two nights a week, it depends on where I am, which nights I dance, but I dance at least two nights a week, go out salsa dancing. So those nights I'm out late, which means early mornings kind of suck, but it doesn't matter. I'm just always up. But so then my weekends, again, Saturday is pretty much the same, but I end up working a half day and then I unplug and I usually don't work on Sunday unless I'm super committed to something and I just want to, I definitely need a day everyone needs a day to unplug or I've noticed for myself that then if I don't and I push through that then the next week I just don't I don't have the same energy that I used to so I unplug for sure on Sunday but definitely Saturdays people joke number one they call me abuelita little grandmother because I because I get up early I go to bed early Carla will tell you we've even been like gone to the first place. And then while people are walking to the second place, (laughs) I like Irish exit and head home because it's like 11 and I'll be up at six no matter what. So I I sleep early. I'm always working. Like I, I feel really goal oriented right now. I'm not hustling in that unhealthy way. I feel really driven and dedicated to my goals right now. So a lot of other things, if it's not health and fitness or mental health, or like my inner, inner circle friends related, then generally super interested in doing it. And I'm using that time to to put towards my business. So that's my daily schedule. Sleep, meditate, work out, work, get some exercise in, hopefully some sunlight, sunshine as well, and maybe go out dancing and then rinse and repeat. A lot of people think it's hard to be
1: healthy because they think it's a chore or that they think it's not possible or that they think that they have to put an effort in it but if you guys noticed what kate has been mentioning she's only actually eating the food or drinks that her body feels good with and and she likes there's so many like kinds of fruits and vegetables i also fell in love with fruits again all over again because when I got COVID three weeks ago, I thought that I would kind of make my diet a little bit healthier. I ate a lot of fruits, and fruits are like nutritious, filling, and they're super yummy. So I'm like,
0: oh my gosh, like fruits are amazing yeah, actually. Amount of water content in them. Yeah. I, was so, I, I think, actually have seen you go to the juice store. Like I know you don't buy like the green juice that tastes like grass. Yeah, I love the rose water one. Rose water, I
1: love the watermelon and basil juices so they're just like really tasty for me yeah and they're hydrating the other thing is like Keith mentioned like salsa dancing you mentioned salsa dancing so that's an activity you like so this could literally be like any activity that you like you could go surfing like rock climbing and walks. Walks are actually one of the healthiest like exercises you can do because of how it balances your entire body together and the rhythm. Walking is actually healthier than running, guys, because a lot of people run the wrong way and the the pressure from the pavement, the pavement's uneven like mexico <laughs> so uh, it could hurt your knees or it could hurt your feet right or you wow, could just like
0: trip or done. you could fall in a hole or yeah, a you could fall in mexico, love that can right? happen if you're so. running and not paying attention or somebody thinks there's cops behind you or yeah. the car or something Who knows?
1: yeah the only running that you should do is like running from your past or something <laughs> that's
0: what kate and well, i you are mentioned dance at. and it is literally one of my hacks is that okay. When, and I say it and it's like you can almost hear people rolling their eyes in their head about it. But like dancing is fun. Everybody's body loves to dance, whether like I go salsa or partner dancing, took up lessons learning it it uses your brain in new way. like our brain stops producing or stops creating new motor neuron pathways, or it slows down by the time we're 35. So it basically, if you haven't learned something by the time you're 35, the chances that you're going to learn and adapt to it after that are slim, which is why we should always be learning, particularly when it comes to motor neuron pathways is what I'm talking about. Not like reading and learning, but seeing your body how to do something. I taught ballet for a long time, and when you teach adults that didn't study dance when they were kids, they dance super awkward because they didn't create those motor neuron pathways to do the movement correctly at a young enough age that now they're just like "Mm -mm," robotic doing it. Right. Unless of course they were in some kind of movement or sports or whatever. And those people adapt better because they laid some motor neuron foundation. So the idea of learning a physical activity, like two of them, which is first dance. And then there's a whole other host of benefits of yoga, which we could talk about. First of all, we all have inhibitions, And there's a part about going out dancing if it's dark, if it's even if it's a club or whatever, if it's dark, even if you need like one little drink or whatever to like let go like feels good to your body people smile, it releases dopamine, like it's you can sweat so you get exercise from doing it. And then even more so if you actually go learn and study a new physical activity like dance is even for me I study dance, I have a degree from university. Now I'm learning partner dancing and it's different. And so like, I get repetitive about stuff, or I'll tell you the other thing that's funny is when wit has me doing boxing, right, is because I didn't build those motor neuron pathways when I was younger. And okay. so when I'm doing it, I feel awkward in my right. head, even if I'm doing it right. And the yeah. repetitiveness of doing it over and over and over again, like teaches your brain and your body to do something different. The impact of that you can feel across your entire life. As a matter of fact, like Tony Robbins and everybody says like your health is wealth, because if you don't have your health, what do you have? If you have nothing else going on in your life and no, you're probably not listening to this podcast, but like if you have nothing else to focus on, or you're not sure what to focus on in what area it is to focus on your health, it is to focus particularly on your physical health and your physical fitness. And I always recommend doing something that you haven't done before, because the way that your brain grows helps you in all other areas. So dance is one of my, it's social too. You meet people like there's so many benefits to adding that into your life as an adult. Like if you haven't tried it and you're brave, find a friend. I keep like to go with you or take some private lessons first before you go or whatever is that you need, but I highly recommend it.
1: Yeah. I love dancing too. I used to dance actually when I was super young. Like I did cheer for one year in college and then I decided to be a nerd and did debate. And when I did debate, I never went back to anything active. For me, the physical activities that I love, I love Pilates. I also love my Pilates teacher. I go to Pilates like every week or or I try to, my schedule permits. I also love, I love dancing too, but because I haven't danced for so long, When I took lessons, I was super awkward. So it's not like, don't feel bad if you like look bad at something. I also recently picked up golf because this person I'm seeing plays golf and he wants us to like go together. And then I used to joke with him that it's not a real sport. And But the more I read about it, the more it was a challenge to me. So it could also just be like getting challenging yourself to learn something new and there's always a hobby that's fun that's also active martial arts is great too i've had guy friends who
0: say like jujitsu saved my life and like stuff like that muay thai the other one that i really recommend i have my 200 hour because i fell in love with it is yoga Well, again, it's like people like, ooh, no yoga. But seriously, if you guys Google and major athletes will tell you how hard yoga actually is, the word itself means like unity, like unite. And a lot of what that means is that like for me, actually, if I was going to share with people, like I say, my life hack is dance. But like for most people, if you're not doing yoga, it actually is the number one thing that I recommend anybody do everybody i think i do think everyone should do yoga you learn strength balance you do body weight stuff right. so you are building yeah. muscle flexibility there's like hit yoga where you are getting cardio and you get like your meditation and like some inner stuff cuz it's all about your mat and so literally for me yoga is like the culmination of everything all in one where i get some strength training in I get some cardio in, I get some breath work, meditation in, I get some balance, I get some flexibility and it's all in one hour. Whitney, the trainer that I work with is also a yoga teacher. Plus she does like boxing and weight training and all that other stuff, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to work with her is because she can flow with me. And if I'm having like a bad day and I need more of one thing or the other, like she can take me there. But I have, as an entrepreneur, we sit at our desk so much. And our phones in our hands, like that has helped me so much with my posture, the strength in my back muscles. I lost all that weight, like I said, but I still have a lot of skin and flabby areas on my body that it helped me tighten up. And I just feel better afterwards. And so like right up there with getting sleep, (laughs) getting good rest, like yoga, I think is an activity that everyone should incorporate into you can change your state with it like that and it has all the same benefits especially for those of us that travel too let's put it that way because if you travel you don't even really need your you can have a mat but you don't have to have the yoga mat there's studios in every city if you're more of a join a classer there's apps there's youtube for free so like i feel like like with my sister or like other people who i'm trying to encourage to focus on their Their physical health that maybe are adverse to it or whatever. Like Carla mentioned, walking is great. But the next level of adding a little bit of something in beyond that is, I think, yoga. I'm such a fan.
1: First of all, like the deciding to be healthier is really important. You guys committing to something. When I was in my early 20s, I didn't need to commit to something. I just looked skinny because I was 20 and i ate bad food i had bad habits i was drinking every night i had bad sleep but your age catches up and then gotta know what your limits are and you gotta know where your line is for me it's this will sound shallow but this has helped me a lot like my line is when my jeans start to get tight first of all i buy a lot of clothes and so if i change size i have to buy a new set of clothes for that size. Once again, this might sound shallow to you, but I've always just wanted to be small, like a size small. In Asia, sometimes a medium, in America, I'm sometimes an extra small, but I do want to be in that. It sounds vain and all that, but I guess you have to take time to think like what what your limits are. So now, Kate, that you're you're obviously in the shape that you like, a way better shape than you were like 10 years ago. What is your
0: line like? I have a weight number. I know if it's like water weight or whatever, but I have a number on the scale that I don't want to be over. I definitely feel it in my clothes and all that. So I know what that number is. And then I go to juicing. So the first thing I do is just cut out all. I'm an, I'm a bit of an extremist that way, but like usually that's because I'm an emotional eater. So I stress eat. And so like, even right now, I almost always have something around. And if it's a bottle of grass, it's better than if it's a whatever else. Oh I So that's my go to to stay in my zone. I, I will say also, I don't I don't drink a lot anymore. I used to be a big drinker. And like, I guess occasionally, maybe one night a week, that's not occasionally, but not even that, like, I'll go to Carlos and we'll drink wine. But like, in general, I, I'm not a big drinker. I don't want the calories from it. And I, I'm too, like, I get headaches now from it. So I don't drink a lot. But when I do, I do. Drink. <laughs> but usually if I'm gaining weight, it's because I'm snacking, i munching throughout the day. Or like, I came home, I was at a wedding this weekend. And I was there from Friday through Sunday or whatever. I came home yesterday and got on the scale and was like, oh, yeah, I had cake. And they were, there was steak and I was eating steak every day or whatever. And that's just not my normal thing, or maybe I've had too much salt. Right. And so it's like the easiest thing for me to do. The truth about me is that I'm not good with boundaries. Like I'm not, if you put me in this situation where I have to make a good choice or a bad choice, I'm not good at making the right choice. So what I try to do is just not put myself in those situations. So like if I'm not wanting to drink or whatever, like I just won't go out. Like if I don't leave the house, I won't get drunk. It works. It's like my stomach, right? Like I couldn't do the work myself to eat right and exercise at that time. So what I did was I put myself in a situation where I was forced to not to not be able to eat that way therefore I made the right choices. So I do think in terms of boundaries that way, if I'm working on a project and I need to stay focused, I just say no. And I stay home. And so, yeah, when I'm pushing my limits and and so same thing, instead of like having food around, I will just juice. So if I only have juice in the house or I'll do soup, Or veggies, fruit, and veggies during that time. Or try to eat raw, where I'm not eating any cooked food. In any case, I I just make this extreme jump, and then I'll get back into my happy space or whatever. A lot of different rules or a lot of different systems that you can try, and so it is maybe about trying and finding one that works for you. But then my thing is also yeah. Oh, I was just saying that I make a lot of rules. The next thing I would say is that I do think routine is important. So once you find what does work for you, it is about just making it a habit or routine, even when you're traveling, like boss. Anyways, those are the kind of the last two things I have to say is about like you're a carnivore and I'm not, but like finding what works for you, which we mentioned already, but then also sticking to it. Things are routine just makes life easier because you make less decisions every day kind of thing. So, junk
1: food, right? Don't have them in your house.
0: So, oh, yeah, um, yeah. If you just don't have it, then you won't make the wrong choice. Yeah. So,
1: that's actually a really good point. What you said about not having just junk in your house. And I have junk in my house because sometimes the occasional Pringles taste really good and that spicy Doritos taste really good for a late night snack. I actually read that. that for humans, moderation is, is the most difficult. Like it's better for us to have the hard and fast rules, what can I eat, what can I not eat, or should I have this in my house or not have it in my house? Because in moderation, you need to make more decisions, right? And then so your brain is more tired. Same with alcohol. Like I the people that I talked to who have decided to go sober, they said it's super easy to just not drink, than to two drinks and then think that you have to drive home. Or like trying to decide if you're going to bring the car, because how many drinks are you going to drink? Like all this fighting around, just don't drink or just drink, right? Just drink and take an Uber. And that's like your thing. I think that also helps to to build your life around the, the least decisions as possible. Keith has definitely figured out her routine. And if you guys have a routine that works for you, a diet that works for you, a shopping schedule or a workout that you like, then you can just combine all these
0: things and and then you can be healthy it's funny that you mentioned that you do keep little snacks in your house occasionally for moderation because what freaking happens when I come to your house and I stay there while you're gone I have a mini bar (laughs) she comes home and all her little snacks that she has that I will see and if I go visit her while she's living there they're fine but as soon as she's gone i literally eat all of her little moderation <laughs> snacks and then i have to go replace them And she replace the them with lame shit like lentils <laughs> jesus
1: christ that is not true the last emotional emotional abuse she and I replaces bought- my pringles with lentils. That is emotional abuse. I think that's like
0: ground I, exactly. I went to the Oxo <laughs> and I bought you the little ice cream that I ate and the little Doritos that I ate because it goes to the point if it's there, I will I don't have that lever. but I really do like what you said about the routine because I agree. I like there's people that are big on keto or paleo or whatever about their diet or whatever about their fitness routine. And one of the things I love is, I do love talking to people about their routine and what they're into because I learn a lot. But what I don't love is, even though I guess I've kind of done it, is when people like push their way on you, like it's the best way. Right. I love that we can learn from each other and I like trying new things. And then if it works for me, I'm going to keep doing it and incorporate it into my routine. I do love what Carla said because I I just am even personally a creature of habit in Myers-Briggs the last is like J or P, and Js are very structured and ritualistic, and Ps are the more penis you have. The <laughs> if you're the letter P, <laughs> then you're more spontaneous or whatever. And so I I don't have a lot of P. Well, I'm about half and half, but I'm pretty structured. Anyways, the point is, it's like Steve Jobs in his black shirt every day. Wake up, and I follow the same routine. It's not. It's less stressful on yourself or on me. Cause I just know what my day is going to look like. I know what my food, I like when my I have a lady that goes shopping for me. And she at first was like, well, do you want me to go? And then I'll make you all these fun things and you can try. And I was like, no, I want these things. And I, I want this fruit cut up in this way. And then I eat the same salad like every day. Carl will tell you it's awful. Don't come to my house. It's like, we have spinach and I have red onions and sprouts and garbanzo beans. And like, that's it. And I eat that salad or I'll make an egg, like she said, and I'll, whatever. I just eat the same stuff. And it just makes life so much easier because I'm not making a lot of micro decisions throughout the day. I can focus on my work and the things that the other decisions like who am I swiping on Tinder? So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So
1: when is she gonna wear when, to wear when the overeats guy is gonna come home?
0: I might come home, like you're already dating.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm already on that note. Also, also, like I think emotionally disappointment comes from unmet expectations, right? So I think the other advantage of having a routine and having the same thing over and over again is your expectations are always met. So you're not disappointed. If you try a new restaurant, you're risking being disappointed. But if you eat the same thing, especially if you cook, Kate doesn't cook so much, but she assembles, I say. I think that's a a term. She's actually a very good sous chef because she cleans everything right after you cook. And uh, me, I cook, so I just cook in big batches now. And then I can kind of plan my meals throughout the week. Very quickly, I also wanted to share there's a thing that they... Call not a lot of people agree with this, but a lot it has also worked with a lot of people, especially with me eating according to your blood type. I'm a blood type O positive, and you can Google this, guys, like eating according to your blood type, and then you can see the food that's highly beneficial for you, neutral, and then not beneficial. So you should avoid the not beneficial.
0: I actually got this idea. I'm really glad that you said that because usually things that are not beneficial, as we've talked about, I'm like, oh. Just only that? Thankfully, my favorite
1: food in the world is in my highly beneficial list, which is uh, beef. I'm super, it it was like a confirmation. I always told Kate, I, I felt super good, high energy on carnivore and it made it so easy for me. And here in Mexico, it's easy to get like organic meat too, like fresh. It's more fresh. It's like, or like wild caught seafood grass-fed beef, things like that. Even the fruits that I love, like mangoes, I realize they're actually highly beneficial for me. So now like all the puzzle pieces are just like clicking and I'm very happy that I found that. And you guys can also like definitely check that out. You might be surprised by what you're supposed to eat. I'm curious, Kate, do you take any supplements? What's your supplement stack?
0: Oh gosh. Yes. <laughs> and an ambush. So I'm a big fan. I'm a super, super big fan of HTP five. Like I think everybody deals with a little bit of anxiety and or depression. I think all of us have like a little bit or not everyone, but a lot of people suffer with like low dopamine, low serotonin. And that's why so many people are on antidepressants. It runs to my family for sure. And I have been like up trying to avoid them like the plague. And I watched this, this episode on Gaia TV. And oh, what they were talking about is that when they put you on antidepressants, which increases the serotonin for you in your brain, what happens is, is your body actually starts producing less serotonin because the supplement is producing it for you. So your body thinks that you don't need it anymore, which is why when you take somebody off of antidepressants, they often really super crash because their body has like forgotten or is not producing enough serotonin on its own. But if you put the building blocks, like the proteins that you need to make serotonin, and you put them like free radicals floating around in your body that your body will go, oh my God, we have HTP-5 and tryptophan floating around in your body. Your body goes, oh, hey, we have all this HTP-5 and tryptophan. Like maybe we should make serotonin. Literally fucking game changer for me. Just a game changer. I remember one day waking up like whistling zippity do during the pandemic Wow, I thought people that were happy were like full of shit, but I actually felt like a happy person in that moment. And it wasn't like because of anything outside of me, it was just that my body had started. I have been a couple of weeks of taking HTP five and my body had started producing its own shout out to super hottie Aubrey Marcus and Joe Rogan's company. Anyway, on it, they have a great supplement called new mood. All of my ex-boyfriends would agree that I could, I could use a new mood. <laughs> if I take new mood. I also, I keep looking over because obviously that's where they are. I travel with tons and I use them again as needed. I'm a big vitamin, like super zinc and vitamin C if I'm traveling because I want to up my immune system. But the other one that I, the other supplement that I use regularly or that I take regularly is magnesium. It helps with sleep. It helps with regulate so many things. So I take magnesium and then I do travel with melatonin. So it's like That circadian rhythm, like getting my circadian rhythm in check and, and sleep and the amount of sleep, like really focusing on that, man, it was just, it really, really changed the different podcasts about mental health, but that, that really changed my life. So I focus on those and I know that I have more things that I take. I will say also for people who are maybe are like to drink when they go out and don't want to do the sober thing, which I also understand is... I switched to CBD to like the Delta eight ish or whatever stuff. Take this little, little teeny tiny amount that just is enough to like take the edge off. So I'm a big CBD fan and not just even in like the Delta eight, but I do take CBD, a liposomal CBD. I take a few other things like vitamin B12. I, I have that around whenever I'm feeling like I need it and I don't know what tells me to take it, but something does. And But my go-to, my literally my ride or dies is my (laughs) HTP-5, melatonin and magnesium. Those are my besties.
1: A lot of people use melatonin just to sleep. They think it's like just to help you sleep and it's bad. But the other benefit of melatonin actually is that I I read that it also directly fights cortisol. My business partner, Perry, is a really like high cortisol guy and he knows this. He got tested for it and he would find it difficult to sleep at night. And so he takes like melatonin to help him sleep, but he it also like helps him just like Actually, like fight the stress. Even if it's easy for you guys to like fall asleep and you have no problems in sleep, I think a teeny bit of melatonin can still help you like fight your cortisol. Personally, my supplement stack is a lot similar with Kate. I do like taking my 5 HTP and like tryptophan occasionally, not every day, not every day, but I, I do take it. I, I like taking magnesium, too, vitamin C, and zinc, absolutely after COVID, we need to take care of our immune system. I would say my super top three would be NMN. <laughs> I just Google it, but I'm a big longevity. I study longevity and people are always talking about it. David Sinclair is a big guy in the longevity space. He takes it. I like NMN, also omega-3 because I, I feel like my current diet, I don't get enough omega-3. It's good for the heart and good for your brain. And then I also really like taking this company's called Life Extension. It promotes healthy hymocysteine levels. Yeah. When I take like my longevity vitamins, I feel so much better. I usually have a lot of energy. I take resveratrol from time to time, but I, it has not really been super beneficial for me. Yeah. That, that's what I take. That's what we take, guys. And when we chose these supplements, we did a lot of research. We trial and error a lot of stuff and if you want to try them out feel free if obviously talk to your doctor if if you feel like you need more advice obviously Kate and I are not medical professionals it's not medical advice we're just like little birds on social media so that's who we are <laughs> have the qualification of a doorknob so not really
0: a little bit slightly qualified that, more qualified than that slightly. Yes, but, follow know. us for social media advice and check with your doctor about your supplements. Yeah, what was, what was that? An apple a day keeps the
1: doctor away, but if the doctor is cute, forget the fruit. So, <laughs> okay, so I think like today we've learned a lot of things about being healthy and I hope that we convinced you guys that it's easy, it's not that hard. The last thing I would love to talk about is mental health, so... Mm-hmm. Obviously, you can't be all abs, depression. I think that I think that's actually my type. Just kidding, like abs and depression.
0: Ooh,
1: okay. Ooh. No, just kidding.
0: A bunch <laughs> of guys go change their Tinder profile right now to just showing their abs. Abs and depression. And serotonin low. <laughs> low on serotonin. Just saying. It's also good to
1: talk about your mental health because even the deciding what to eat, the shopping all this routine, all this movement around investing in your health takes consciousness. I think consciousness is the most important thing here. You're conscious about your rest. You're conscious about what you're eating. You're conscious about what activities you're choosing. So Kate, what are your favorite mental health practices? And what are the easy wins that we can
0: immediately apply to our lives for people who are just starting out with their journey on better mental health? This is a really good question. Because, and I think this is one I'm, I'm not a mental professional either, but I feel super qualified to answer because it's something that, like I mentioned earlier, that I've struggled with for a really long time. I have been able to overcome and deal with my own personal, I think everyone has their own flavor of whether you're an anxious person or a depressed person, or whether you're a super intense person, or whether you're an emotional roller coaster person, or whether you're a detached kind of person, or... Whether you're a narcissist or whatever your, whatever your thing is, everybody sort of has it. I actually took my very first like personal development seminar when I was 19 years old, kind of by accident. I was looking to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up and I didn't have any idea. And somebody recommended that I take a thing called the Landmark Forum. But since then, I have read, as you can see tons of books. It is my personal enjoyment. think personal development is literally like a hobby of mine. And so I'm always adding tools to my tool belt and learning new stuff. I guess you could call me like a personal development junkie. I've done all the Tony Robbins and I've read all the Eckhart Tolle and I've been to all the Dr. Joe Dispenza, all of the tools. And so first of all, where's the place to start is that I would almost say that it doesn't really matter. I mentioned during the pandemic that I had that day where I woke up and realized I was happy. And even after all my years of personal development had not quite cracked the code on it, the HTP five and the tryptophan thing, like a huge place to just like start as a baseline. If you're taking some antidepressants, obviously you have to talk to your doctor about that, but for mental health like that, for me, I think we have to do a lot of work, even physically, like on ourselves, but anything that we can do to help get us to the place where there's less work on us, like we put our body or our mind in a peak state for not being surrounded by those challenges is a good thing, right? And so that's, first of all, the second thing that has been a huge breakthrough for me is meditation. So the quick story on that, because otherwise I think this will be a four hour podcast is I'm... Somebody that I like myself. Like I'm just saying this are part of the story, but like, but I'm smart, I'm pretty, I have a decent body, like I make good money, my DMs are open. Like I like myself, right? I think I'm funny. I think I'm cool. I'm Car- I- I- Carla likes me too. I'm her bestie. So it was a thing where I always really liked myself, but everyone kept saying, like, oh, you need self-love in order to do the things that are good for you. And I always was like, well, I, I think I'm awesome. So why would anybody tell me that I need self-love? And what I didn't realize, and I didn't realize it until I realized it, was that liking myself was not the same as loving myself. And I had this moment in what my very first Dr. Joe courses, where we had to sit in silence. We were, my very first like real meditation where you're sitting in silence and it's just quiet, just this beautiful music. And you're just getting in touch with your heart. And I just kind of felt this moment where I was just full of love. And it was weird to me <laughs> because in order to feel that kind of like joy or whatever in the past, I would usually need to be hanging out with someone or doing something. I was always talking or hanging out or working or on social media, or tweeting. And I was never sitting still and just having a moment of gratitude. And in that moment is when I realized that I didn't need to be around anyone or I didn't need to be doing anything or proving anything to anyone or whatever in order to love myself. When you ask me about mental health like that, I think I feel like that was the beginning of my journey was even though I was learning all these tools. Right. Like I was learning them in a way that was like educational and very left-brained or very like accruing knowledge, how to actually apply that knowledge. I hadn't busted through until that moment where I really sat with myself and I had nowhere to go, but to, but to love myself. And I felt like I kind of like did through that since then. And like I said, I, the pandemic, I think for me, and not that I want to keep talking about it, I worked, like I had a different experience than most people because I couldn't go out any, right? So now here's like, oh, I think I've taught myself all this stuff. But now here's this time where I can't go out. I'm not going salsa dancing. I can't see my friends. Like I am stuck inside. I am an extrovert. I am all of this stuff. It is very stressful. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. All this was this moment in time where I felt like, okay. And I have all these PSA from KBJs that I did back then. Because I realized that all the tools that I had learned, all the breath work, just breath. Just sitting and doing like odd breath work things that you can learn on the internet. You don't even need to tell you about them. Yoga, right? Just doing 10 minutes of like stretching or getting in a weird pose or moving some tension out of my back or my body. My meditation, my supplementation, my gratitude, my journaling, all these things. And even though we talked about routine, during that time, I didn't really have one yet. Like I thought I had one, but I didn't. But what I did do during that time was I just started using all of them. Like I would try new ones. I would try something else. I would journal every day or I would meditate. And I, I really all of a sudden realized like, oh, here's a chance for me to put all, all these tools that I've learned to the test. I felt like I did that. Now, Carla will tell you, I still get like super stressed and it's not like I'm like, "Oh, I'm super stressed right now. I better go sit down and do my breath work and meditate." And so I do and now I'm fine. It doesn't really work that way like I still get stressed or I still have whatever, but I will tell you that one is there is a voice saying, "Well, go sit over there and do your breath work and do your meditation or go exercise or whatever." Cuz you'll feel better. And I can hear everybody. Cause my, like, again, and sorry, says throwing into the best, but my sister has all the diagnoses and the whatever. I'm not trying to be that person that tells people that have serious illnesses that you don't have a serious illness and that you shouldn't do whatever. But what I am saying is that you can help, like you can help. And, and I know that because I have the same genetic and even she will tell you now that she knows that she can help herself. 1% more than she is when she's feeling like she can't help herself. So I'm not here to be that person. But I did at that moment really see how I was finally putting all my tools to work. And they were really working. And they were really helping. And so now I say I will hear the little voice. And whether I go do it or not, I know is now a choice that I'm choosing to continue to be stressed Versus doing what I know 100% because I experienced it myself works. That's number one. But the second thing that I learned from practicing using all my tools is the refractory period has shortened. So like the amount of time that I will be upset about something or stressed about something or angry, I lost a very big client recently. We parted ways. I was semi-prepared for it because we weren't working well together and I had wanted to sort of end things Sooner than it happened, but I'm also that optimistic person that was like trying to make it work. Right. So when it finally did happen, I had a lot of mixed emotions about it, but literally like 24 hours, something like that. And I was like, okay, like I'm still sad. I still have lots of processing to do but I didn't lose a whole week or a whole month or a whole whatever about it. So I guess it's a long winded answer. Maybe it's a bonus segment because it makes a really long podcast is that what solidified my beliefs is that all of this stuff works, the yoga, the breath, the meditation, the supplements, hanging out with friends, food, food, The gratitude, the journaling, like all of these flavors work, learning them all, practicing them all, and then using them in the moments when you need them. The idea is even if no matter what level of mental health that you struggle with is just trying to keep yourself at like a balanced place or giving yourself the best opportunity to perform at that balance level. That's all I've got about it. And they are all just practices and just things that you can do. Are they going to fix and solve everything every single time? No, but I know the more stable I am. Well, say one other thing, the less I introduce myself into risky situations, like for one thing, dating is very challenging. Let's just have this conversation for a moment. Dating as an entrepreneur is very challenging. I'll say as a woman, because we have so many emotions and dating is an emotional thing. And you meet somebody mm-hmm. and maybe you vibe and girls, we get like a little excited. Like that's not okay anymore. We should have a whole episode on freaking dating. <laughs> do Absolutely. <laughs> then there's disappointments and whatever. And all of those things actually impact my ability to produce results in my business on a daily basis. So it could be completely unrelated. But like, if I had a bad date the night before, I broke it off with a guy, maybe I really liked him, but I broke it off because he wasn't good for me or for whatever reason, I have to show up on the next morning and still show up for my team, show up for my clients, show up for whatever. That actually has been one of the biggest catalysts for me learning to deal with my mental health or whatever is because or choosing not to date. Again, the pandemic was really great because it was very, very hard to date during that time. So I was like super laser focused and I realized my business was thriving. And part of it was because I wasn't dealing with any kind of emotional blows or highs or lows or whatever, because I wasn't. So oftentimes right now I'm like, oh, maybe I'm just like, if I just don't want to deal with those types of emotions, and mental health concerns, or whatever, mm-hmm. because I want to focus on my health or my fitness or something else, I have a bigger priority. Then it's almost like, but it goes in a cycle then, because then I get bored that I'm not dating and I'm never going to be yeah. but I'm going to die an old woman, and Carla's <laughs> going to have to wheel me around Playa in a wheelchair, and that's not fair to her. So, <laughs> you know, go back out, and the cycle starts all over again. So, I don't know if that's helpful for anyone, but I think just having your tool belt with as many tools as possible yeah. in it that yeah. you can use that way yes. when something happens you have stuff to fall back on Yeah so I always say like mental health is
1: partially like a Swiss knife but it's also like what Kate said about knowing how to approach problems is really really Healthy and uh, once again being conscious, being conscious that you need to be there for yourself, being conscious that you need to decide to do healthy or to do this for yourself today. Every day is a chance to make a decision for yourself. So whether it's for your mental health or for your physical health or for your business, like every day is a chance, it's a brand new chance. And this is why, like, no matter what weight you're on right now, no matter what mental health situation you're in right now, like you always have that choice. And literally every minute is fresh start. Every minute is a chance. So I know it's, it sounds like, it sounds very like motivational speaker, or whatever. By the way, very good book, How to Do the Work by Nicole Dr. Nicole Lepera. The book that endorses that we can all self-therapize and we can always help ourselves. And she talks about like, shadow work and attachments and your childhood trauma. So it's a very good like self-help one-on-one that also makes self-help and and therapy become very approachable, but also very personal. You, You don't need to talk to a therapist, your friend, our friends might have the best intentions, but honestly, sometimes they're not the best people to give advice, right? And then sometimes we don't need advice. We just need our friends to listen to us rant and become our emotional dump site. There's a lot of nuances. What I really like about everything that Kate shared is that, first of all, I want you guys to remember that mental health and physical health kind of like work together side by side. Not And, and this is scientifically proven. When you work out, you get endorphins if you have a goal like crossfit right that's what crossfit was really good for because there's a sense of community so that produce your body produces oxytocin and then there's dopamine because you have you have to do 10 burpees and you have that sense of fulfillment so That's why CrossFit really like blew up because it's making you feel literally the trifecta of the positive hormones, dopamine, endorphins, and like oxytocins. Like, and somewhere along the way when you're laughing and smiling, there's serotonin, right? And you get your goal and all of that. So
0: yeah, yeah, somebody explained it to me once, like mental health is like, think about it like brushing your teeth you don't, or showering or whatever, like your, your, like your hygiene, right? Like you don't just do it once and then you're good forever. So like you just took a yoga class or you do, you meditated one time. And now like that you, the thought or the idea that you shouldn't have to regularly do hygiene around your physical, mental, emotional health, all that is a huge misnomer. It's just like the rest of your hygiene. You have to take care of it, which means you have daily, Or even sometimes even more often than daily activities or whatever to keep it up. And there's people that are adverse to it. Like my mom, like has a thing where she thinks that having a therapist or someone to talk to or going to a seminar or whatever, like means, and I'm like, everyone has like, doesn't just everyone has a therapist now, or like everyone has a coach. I listen to audiobooks at night, like in the car, on the plane. Like I just feel like I'm just constantly doing it. And I know. Maybe that's the opposite extreme end of the spectrum. But what I do know is that when I go periods of time, like without it, like our default mindset or the way our survival brain is like conditioned to think and respond and act is not always in our best interest. So the the, the daily practices or the hygiene or the maintenance of those things like does require effort. If you think about it that way, there's a lot of things that you put daily effort into that you just do. And yeah. so this should just be one of them. Yeah. Yeah. I meditate
1: almost every day. Mental health thing that I really am keen, I'm really keen to do it literally every day is journaling. So journaling is like, it's self-therapy. It's like when you see your thoughts written on paper, it also actually helps you organize thoughts better and helps you confront yourself and the decisions you're made. It also helps you look back on the stuff that you wished for, you aspired, you didn't even see your goals on, so I remember this financial goal that I wrote from a journal like two years ago and then I I surpassed it and I was just like so happy. So I think journaling is also like a really, really, really good practice right up there with meditation. And definitely it has a capacity to save you from a lot of bad decisions, just sitting with your thoughts and seeing them and realizing they're real. I recently journaled more, now more about my wishes like what is my ideal relationship that I just write like everything and like, what is my ideal business? What is my ideal life? What's my ideal health? So it's really helpful for me and helps me stay optimistic too. And at the same time, if I need to let like, go of something, I can just write it down on paper and then it's out of me. So yeah, meditate and journal guys. I'm 100% sure it will, it will change your life. Wow. That was a really good episode. Thank you so much, Kate, for coming on. I really obviously we do this every day. Obviously, I enjoy talking to you. And but I I think it's also fun to share it with the five people
0: who will listen, like my sister. Listen, I think people would love to hear our conversations every day. So we have the best ones. So yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for the five people that are listening. And I'm sure I have no doubt you'll invite me back and we can talk about so many of our BTS yeah. things. <laughs> yeah. People can subscribe to like our Patreon or OnlyFans for the real conversations about what happens every single day. <laughs> yeah, kidding.
1: all the things that we're scared to be some peanut for will be in that brand new like Patreon or something like that, exclusive content. Honestly, guys, the, one of the healthiest people I know that's just like no BS. See, I have friends who are like really into their health, really into their fitness. Their routines are not very approachable, I would say, for just like a common person. And to be honest with you, I'm a lazy person. Like I don't want to overthink. I have 5,000 things going on and I don't want to overthink like my my health or my my mental health, my diet, like my exercise. So I think Kate and I were lucky to find a, a really good cadence in our lives. And I hope you guys also... Learned some things in
0: this podcast that help you with yours. So, any final thoughts, Kate, before we say goodbye? I think whatever flow you get into, or whatever, however it comes out, as long as you're number one, putting some thought or effort or energy into these types of things every day, whether some days for me, it might just be reading 10 pages of a book and I don't meditate that day, but I just did one little thing, even on the days if you don't do something, but like you either scheduled that day off or you're having a bad day and you just reparent and be nice to yourself about it. My point is, is that just starting somewhere, taking action about this, even just thinking about it and knowing that this is something that you want to start doing and trying to find, but reading a books or listening to podcasts or watching YouTube videos, like all of these things, actually, I, I, in the past have been kind of put down or whatever for not having like a really like an hour, like meditating one hour every day, or like kind of what Carla was saying about like her friends that are like, because when she asked me to talk about health at first, I was like, really, like, really? Come on. But but it's true, like bringing on somebody who works out for two hours a day and eats their exact macros and whatever, like that's different than like, how do you just maintain a healthy lifestyle? And so what I would like to impart is that you're the one who sets the standard and the expectations for yourself. And so I guess I would just add that while we're gently encouraging you to maybe explore some of the stuff that we're talking about. And again, not even like as an expert, but just like, if you're listening to this, if there's something that you're interested in, go explore it. But at the same time, I, I would say, offering yourself like grace and gratitude because it's not like, or just really, yeah, grace. It's not like every day is gonna be great like, I totally have to go back and apologize for snapping at people or whatever that mood is. So, like, the HTP 5 or 5 HTP did not solve all of my issues in life. And so, I would just also add that wherever you are in that journey and however it progresses from here, that number one, you do take some sort of daily action to care for your physical and your mental health. And two, no matter what, that you just be graceful and loving and kind to yourself for when you do really well and you're happy about your results and also on the days where you I don't know eat fried chicken for five days in a row (laughs) um, maybe that wasn't like yeah I don't know I'm not judging not judging but also not judging your I know I just was trying to make an open loop callback that's what it's called yeah a callback yeah. If you do, if you if you get off track, or you have a day a shitty day, or you're an asshole, or you're depressed for a little while, and you can't seem to get out of it, and you don't exercise, whatever it is, like those are the times when actually I think we need to be the most gracious with ourselves, and remember back to the times when we were doing well, and have gratitude for those times when we were doing well, and maybe remembering that you did well in the past, and it's okay that you're not doing well now is better than like beating yourself up or thinking that Carla and I live some like perfect standard of the stuff that we've shared today, comparing yourself to others, like all that shit really has no place here. And I'm saying this for myself as much as anyone else is that it's in the times that we screw up and we don't follow these great things and we're not living our best life is the time when we should actually love ourselves the most. That would be the last thing I would say.
1: Oh, that's super nice. That's super duper nice. So for me, I'm, I'm a very like willpower person. So I would just say as my last words, you guys, like the most powerful thing that you can do is just to make a decision. And when you look at the mirror, you decide a lot of there's a lot of things that you can't control, like where you're born. People talk about white privilege or your gender if you're a transgender like you're born this way and then you want to be different there's a lot of things you can't control but health is actually one of the things that you can control you can control your health you have the power to control your health so like i want you to like use that as a source of power to make the decision A commitment is really nothing but a decision. Commitment to save money, to work more or whatever, to be a more present husband or wife, like it's all a decision. So when you actually decide to be better at your health, everything falls right. There's a term that they call downward spiral, but you can also like upward spiral. And all of the things that Kate and I shared here, like we shared like 5,000 ideas and you can pick and choose which one you like. And then you can do one thing at a time, see how you feel. I guarantee you're going to upward spiral. You're going to feel better. You're going to look better. For me, my motivation, I want to look good in the clothes that I like. Like really, I don't step on the scale anymore right now. I just like go with how I feel and how the clothes look. So different ways that you can do to make yourself feel better. But once again, it starts with a decision. Health is something that you can control. I was born in a developing country. I can't control that. My passport is shitty. I was born a female. So many things we can't control, but you can control your health and you should start making that decision. We had a really, 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 really good first episode. Ah, thank you so much, Kate. I'm so happy. You're welcome. I'm so happy I'm doing this with you and I hope yeah. you guys learn a lot of things from this episode. Yeah. So this is Kate. If you guys want to follow her on Instagram, she's Kate Buck Jr. And on Facebook, Kate Buck Jr. So follow her. She shares a lot of things about social media and just about her life and you can also see all her salsa videos and (laughs) obviously she's very advanced so if you want to start salsa like there's always probably a lesson around the corner and yeah and you can also follow me on instagram my instagram handle is carla stefan stefan is my second name so i just want to confirm that it's not like my boyfriend's name we don't have like a joint account and someone cheated and he had a baby with the secretary it's not that thing that's just my second name so since this is the first episode i want to mention that so on facebook i'm carla singh Sun. thank you so much for listening this is none of your business bye so it's a wrap to my entrepreneur friends, I hope that you found this episode interesting and enjoyable. I know I did. Support us by following me on Instagram at Carla Stefan K-A-R-L-A-S-T-E-F-A-N, and our sponsor, Skillwind underscore Outsourcing also if you like this series find us on spotify and apple itunes none of your business you can also follow me on youtube my handle is Carlos singson and maybe leave us a comment or review because you're cool like that if there's any topic that you want to request feel free to reach out i only have two requirements you tell me why you find it interesting and you promise it's not business talk Thank you for joining me and thank you for your interesting fun stories. Now we can get back to business. See you next week. And remember, everything here is none of your business.